It's the bottom line. On News Radio 610, KONA, from the Tri Cities to Olympia to DC, we break down. Break it all down. The stories of the day and the people making the news. And that's the bottom line. Time to get the bottom line. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser with your hosts, Rob Francis and Ed Dawson. Welcome back to the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. It is hour number two on this Wednesday afternoon. Our phone number is 547-1610. Also, via email, 610K1A.com, the bottom line page, your name, where you're listening, what you'd like to say on Twitter at bottom line 610 and parlor at the Bottom line, 610. Robin Ed hanging with you. And Ed, we know it's been a difficult time for uh, those running for office. Uh, COVID-19 has made it a little difficult to do things you'd normally do in a campaign. So we've tried to uh, take the opportunity when it presents itself to allow candidates that are running, particularly in the primary, to have a few minutes to talk to our listeners um, because, again, there, are, there aren't as many ways out there with COVID-19 going on as there normally are in a regular election cycle. And with that said, we'd like to welcome to the program Justin Rafa, who is running for Benton County Commissioner in District 1. Good afternoon, Mr. Rafa. Thank you for your time this afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob and Ed. Thank you for the opportunity. So, Mr. Rafa, first tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how long have you been in the community? And um, what is it that... Uh, that that is that has kept you here in the Tri Cities, or what is it that, um, that that draws you to being a part of this community? Sure, I've been a Richland resident for twelve years, and and many would know my name in the community from being active mostly in arts and culture circles. Uh, I'm the artistic director of Mid Columbia Master Singers, and I serve as course master for Yakima Symphony Chorus. Uh, I have a history of leadership positions with nonprofit boards and city and state commissions. And part of the reason why I elected to jump into this race is I think that one of the most effective ways for us to initiate positive change is to actually serve as an elected official. Benton County is my home. I'm, I'm, I'm proud to be a resident, and I want it to be the, the best that it can be for all of us. Mr. Rafa, obviously when people run for office, there are a number of things that they notice, a number of issues that come into play that definitely resonate with them and encourage them to get involved in um, the political spectrum. So for you, what are some of the things that you have seen in Benton County, particularly uh, certain things in the commissioner's position or things that have happened uh, with this current board of commissioners that drove you to get involved in the race? Sure. And, and I'm sure that these are, these are key buzzwords that many candidates and races will be talking about this season, but there are elements of accountability and transparency that are really important to me. And I feel like a lot of our, our county government has flown under the radar for a long time. Uh, a lot of citizens, don't really understand the role of county government. They, they don't necessarily know who their county commissioners are. And when I look at, when I look at accountability for government in particular, you know, the, both, both the Benton and Franklin County Commission meetings are held at 9 o'clock in the morning on a Tuesday. It's, it's not exactly a time that's conducive to working people to ever be able to attend in person uh, or even to be able to, to watch the live stream. It's very likely that, that they're at work. And I also haven't seen a lot of opportunities uh, at meetings uh, for for the citizens to be involved, to give inputs. You know, having 
having public comment portions uh, for public official meetings is, is really critical to our democracy. And for several weeks into this, this COVID crisis, Benton County commissioners were not offering that option. I am pleased to see that it's recently resurfaced, but I want to make sure that we create an environment where our residents feel welcome to participate in government and that they have outlets uh, in which they can engage. We're talking with Justin Rafa, candidate for Benton County Commissioner, District 1, here on the bottom line. And you did mention about, you know, the meetings, and that has been something, honestly, in both counties that people have brought brought up that some evening meetings would be great. Um, but some of the other things that have happened over the course of the last year, um, you know, we have seen certainly people raise concerns about the public safety tax. We have had the situation with the Benton County Jail, uh, and certainly that's been a high-profile situation. From your position, and if you are elected as a Benton County Commissioner, are there certain things in, in those regards that you have either formed an opinion on or you necessarily or you may have taken a particular um and what's the word i'm looking for now of course here i am the guy on the radio and i can't think of the word i'm looking for um (laughs) have you formed a particular opinion on the way certain things have um taken place in regards to a couple of the high profile incidents we've seen in benton county over the last year sure Uh, you know the public safety sales taxes is a key issue for the county and our commissioners are stewards of those funds that the taxpayers themselves approved uh, in 2014. And they're very specific programs that they support uh, a lot of alternative options to our traditional criminal justice system, supporting mental health courts, uh, drug courts and veterans courts. I'm very much in support of those efforts and I wanna, I wanna safeguard the funding that is available uh, so that we can continue to provide those services to our residents and also realizing that that tax is going to sunset in four years in 2024. So for commissioners coming into this next term, they're going to be in the driver's seat as to determining the path forward, whether that tax should be renewed and put back out to the voters, uh, if there are any changes in terms of priorities for funding that need to be made. But I want to make sure that we're continuing to, to safeguard all of those, uh, those alternative programs that are supporting people in need outside of the, the traditional uh, criminal court system. We're talking with Justin Rafa. He is running for Benton County Commissioner in District 1 here on the bottom line. Mr. Rafa, again, if uh, if elected, we know that uh, all six of the county commissioners for Benton and Franklin County sit on the uh, board of the health district. And obviously there's been a lot of uh, back and forth in regards to the COVID-19 crisis uh, and and how the health department has handled things. Um, where do you stand on that? Being that if you are elected to a commissioner, uh, that you would also sit on that board as well. Well, I was listening to your show earlier this afternoon, and I really appreciate the focus on wearing masks in public. I think that that is a key component uh, for all of us to be able to to band together and and be able to move through the phased plan set forth by the governor's um, safe start program. You know, wearing masks, I, I get it. It's, it's uncomfortable. I, it's not something that I particularly enjoy. I get really sweaty. Uh, and for many of us, many Americans, we're just not accustomed to the behavior of having to wear masks in public. 
But it is a, a very simple and very practical thing that all of us uh, can do together to lower our caseload so that we are able to, to get the metrics where they need to be, that we're able to successfully move into the next phase. In terms of sitting on the, the Board of Health, uh, I would absolutely uh, look right away to making sure that medical and public health experts uh, are members of that board. There is, a, there is a state statute, there's a provision that gives commissioners the option to invite other elected officials and community leaders to serve on that board. Uh, I myself am not a doctor, I am not a medical or public health expert, uh, but I certainly want to ensure that, that those industry experts are at the table. So one of the first things I would do is then extend an invitation to medical and public health experts to join the Board of Health for Benton Franklin Health, uh, Benton Franklin Health District and be able to guide us through this process. Having said that, and it was a perfect segue into my next question, by the way, uh, there obviously there are some things that your experience uh, that you don't have experience in in different sectors. I mean, just that would be anybody. Is there something... If elected, is there a segment or a sector of this particular job that you feel like you would like to learn more about or get some more guidance on um, that you aren't really too sure about how things operate or, or something like that? Sure. You know, before I uh, went into a career into music, I was actually uh, dead set on being a lawyer and becoming a judge and moving into elected office. It's, uh, uh, you couldn't have told me otherwise until about my senior year of high school. So I certainly have a lot of interest uh, in the judicial side of the county and the programs that they're stewarding through the district courts, through the superior courts, the relationship that they have uh, with the jail, with, with corrections officers. Uh, and I, I'm fairly new to that arena and understanding all the, the specific implications of how those agencies work together. Uh, so I've certainly been doing a, a lot of a lot of research, a lot of reading, talking with other experts in those fields. But I certainly want to make sure that I educate myself on our our county judicial system and how those relationships work between the county prosecutor, the Office of Public Defense, between the sheriff's office and corrections. And we're talking with Justin Rafa, the candidate for the Benton County Commissioner's uh, position number one here on the bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. And again, Mr. Rafa, we appreciate your time this afternoon. For those in our audience that would like to learn a little bit more about your campaign, a little bit more about your platform, where can they get that information? I invite you to check out my campaign website, justinraffa.com. My last name is R-A-F-F as in Frank A, justinraffa.com, and we also have a presence on social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Justin Raffa running for Benton County Commissioner, District 1. Thank you again for your time this afternoon. Best of luck to you in your race, sir. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Ed. It's been a pleasure. Take a quick time out. Back with more. Bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. When we come back, Ed, there's something that's been going on in the community that we have not touched on yet. We have not addressed. It is angering me every day as it passes and i think it's about time that we said something about it because anybody that's listened to this program more than once knows how the two of us feel on a particular subject and i think it's about time we talk about it the bottom line the only place that cares what you think call in now 
509-547-1610. Presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610 KNA 547-1610 is the number. The guys at RoofMax, I can't say enough about them. They are absolutely fantastic. I got a RoofMax application done not too long ago, and not only does my roof actually look almost new because the application they put on it developed at Patel Laboratories and at Ohio State University, state-of-the-art application that actually does to your shingles what water does to a lawn. It reinvigorates it. It nourishes it. It puts the materials back into the shingles that it needs to be able to help fight the sun in the summertime and the cold winters in the wintertime. It's also 15 to 20% the cost of a new roof. So before you get a new roof, contact RoofMax today. They'll come out, they'll look at your roof, they'll give you a free estimate, and they'll tell you if the product will work or not. But it could get you 5, 10, 15 years more on your roof. They'll tell you if you need a new roof. They'll be honest with you, absolutely honest with you. They'll also fix any busted-up shingles. They'll tell you if there's any other repairs that need to be done on your roof in order to make sure the application takes 100%. Contact the guys at RoofMax, particularly now they're getting ready to turn into summer. Contact them today. Get that application done on your roof before it gets too hot. Before we get into the subject that you teased, I have to get this out because it made me uh, chuckle out loud, which which is a monumental feat, actually. Uh, if you know, if you don't know me, um, apparently about a half hour ago, during the House Judiciary Committee meeting uh-huh. in D.C., uh, Republican Representative Matt Gates, uh, and he is from which state again? Florida. Florida. That's right. Um, <laughs> Representative Gates asked. The House Judiciary Chairman, one Jerry Nadler, if he could lead a congressional visit to the Chaz in Seattle. <laughs> it made me chuckle out loud, that's all. Uh, it, I don't know that Nadler answered the question. Nadler no. uh, chose to uh, turn and talk to his assistant. So anybody that's listened to this program more than once knows that Ed and I are both, uh, we're both animal people. Um, and... What's been going on in Kennewick over the last couple of weeks is more than disturbing. Um, Early on, uh, citizens, business owners, particularly I want to to mention Joel Watson, the owner of Just Joel's, put up a $1,000 reward. Uh, That reward, I believe, has grown to $3,000 now from other people that have decided to contribute to catch the individual that that is killing cats, Um, not just killing, mutilating. Yes. Um, and uh, anybody that knows anything about behavioral science, uh, this isn't a good thing. This is beyond, this is more than just the pale. Uh, I believe the total is up to seven now uh, of cats that have been found dismembered, mutilated in our community. Um, I'm going to try and put this as nicely as I possibly can. To be able to do something like that to another thing on this planet that takes in oxygen is absolutely disgusting to me. It's more than disgusting. It's infuriating. Um, Look, I'm no saint, all right? I I like a burger. Uh, I enjoy a steak. I'm a carnivore, okay? But at the same time, I'm not exactly all in for suffering when it comes to animals or anything else. I'm not into suffering of people. I'm not into suffering animals. I don't step on spiders, okay? 
that's just me. I'll put them somewhere else. I don't step on them. I know they have a place in our in our, in our ecological balance. But to do something like that, in my opinion, is beyond the pale. So I really hope KPD catches this person before other people that feel like me do. Um, And I'm not saying that anybody is going to do anything violent to this individual. I hope they don't, because then that would wind up putting them in a precarious position where this individual or individuals, if it's more than one, should be in that precarious position. But if you do know anything, if you've seen anything, if you may have an idea or you think you saw something suspicious that could lead to the apprehension of this individual, please contact the Kennewick Police Department. Call the non-emergency number for CECOM. Let somebody know, because this isn't this isn't this isn't normal behavior. This isn't acceptable behavior. And you may sit there and you may think back and, and, and say to yourself, well, we're just talking about cats here. Think about it like this. And I know this is going to sound odd and people might out, be out there and think I'm crazy. One of the things that I always try to do in any situation is put myself on the other side. So let it, let it enter your mind for just a second. You're the cat. Think about that for just a second. You're the cat. And put yourself in a position of what it must feel like to be in that position right before something like that is about to happen. That's the kind of horror and terror that no living creature should ever experience, ever experience. So I hope Kennewick Police, with the help of people in the community, find this individual, apprehend this individual, and that the reward is paid out to whoever happens to help. Because this sick SOB should be behind bars, go through some therapeutic, go go through a serious psychological evaluation. But they need to catch this individual sooner than later. Because it does not devolve from here. It escalates from here. And if you don't believe me, do a little research on all the psychological profiles and behaviors that have been done on some of the nastiest people that have ever walked the face of the planet. This is where it begins. And actually, it usually begins less than this. This is kind of getting to the middle stage. Anyone that can do this to a living creature does not have a soul. So if you can help in the apprehension of this individual, please do so. Uh, That may be my my slightly off-kilter soapbox for the day, but it really is disturbing to me. My wife likes cats. I have a couple. They're pretty cool, actually. Cooler than I used to think they were. Um, I never want to think about one of them having to suffer that kind of fate or or any other living creature for that matter. You're a cat guy. I am, but you're, um, you took all the time. I will say this. No, I didn't. Yeah, you did. I will say this. Um, you know, you, you, you said it very well. Um, I guess what I would add is if you are a cat owner, I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to have a debate about whether or not um, 
it's better to keep them indoors or not. I happen to believe that it's better to keep them indoors. Especially now. That's my point, is if you have a cat that you do let out, maybe it's time to quarantine the cat, the stay home, stay healthy, applying to the cats uh, in the Tri-Cities, not just Kennewick, but in the Tri-Cities for a little while. Might want to think about that. Uh, because if you care enough to take on the responsibility of a cat, even if you let it outside from time to time, uh, it's probably worth your while to leave it inside uh, until they catch whoever or whomever is responsible. 547-1610, going to take a time out. Back with more of The Bottom Line after this. Can't get in by phone? Give us your bottom line through email. Send your thoughts from the bottom lines page at 610kona.com. Back to the bottom line with Robin Ed, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser on News Radio 610KONA. Back at the bottom line, News Radio 610KONA. 547-1610 is the number if you'd like to get involved. Jason Hogue, the only American Star certified agent with American Family Insurance here in the Tri-Cities. And, you know, it's interesting because insurance, you just think about it and you think auto life, okay, uh, that's great. But believe it or not, your insurance premiums actually have something to do with what's called an insurance score, kind of like a credit score. And where your insurance score is, is pretty much where your rates are going to be set. Didn't know that until I went into American Family Insurance and saw that I was actually getting charged a lot more by my previous insurance company because they didn't even look at it or recognize it. So I would suggest going to jasonhogue.com, shooting Jason an email, seeing what American Family Insurance could do for you. What they're doing for auto customers is cutting 10% off their premiums for the rest of 2020 beginning in July. So go to jasonhogue.com today, shoot Jason an email, and find out what American Family Insurance can do for you and how they can protect you and what you love. Um, where do you want to go? There's a lot of things out there. Yeah, you know, um, we'll touch on this. Uh, it's something that we've we've uh, been following for some time. Uh, not a complete surprise at the outcome last night, but at the Kennewick City Council meeting, uh, the council voted 4-2, to two to uh, reprimand Councilman John Trumbo, and that is the punishment stemming from the ethics complaint that was filed earlier this year. It was actually the first ethics complaint that uh, that came about, and the ethics officer issued his ruling in March, like March 20th. But because of the COVID-19 situation, uh, they kind of postponed having a, you know, an open discussion uh, because uh, Councilman Trumbo wanted to have some some people in attendance in that. But obviously, we're not close to sure. having in-person meetings. They've been doing it via uh, Zoom meeting or whatever it is, um, distance meeting. So uh, so last night they finally took it up. And again, on a four to two vote, Trumbo himself didn't vote. Uh, but they voted to uh, reprimand reprimand him for his conduct. And it goes back to an incident last year in which uh, Councilman Trumbo uh, contacted a citizen of the city of Kennewick 
somebody who had recently, at the time, purchased uh, Senator Sharon Brown's home. And Councilman Trumbo had some questions uh, for the woman. Uh, but, you know, the, what was at issue was, was he in his capacity as a city council member? Uh, was his name dropped because he's a former uh, newspaper reporter? Uh, that was kind of what was uh, was the discussion. Now, here's the interesting twist to to what happened last night. Councilman Trumbo argued that because he clearly was not doing city business, that it was more of a personal nature that he should not suffer much of, if any, penalty because of how the ruling came down from Mayor Britton's um, ethics complaint. The, the ethics officer separated that, you know, from, you know, personal and, and private matters for, for Mayor Britton. But for Councilman Trumbo, it was not. But here's the distinction. Councilman Trumbo's, as I mentioned, was the first ethics complaint out of the gate at the start of the year. After that happened, and before the ruling on Mayor Britton's complaint came about, there was a tweak to the Code of Ethics for the city of Kennewick. So Councilman Trumbo was asking to retroactively go back and re have the well, and and there were a couple of council members that were asking for this to happen to have the ethics officer re-examine the complaint against Trumbo with the current code of ethics in place, as opposed to the code of ethics that was in place when the ethics officer made his original ruling. If that makes any sense, it's a little bit convoluted. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um, and I don't know how you do that. I don't know how you go back retroactively. Um, you know, it, Trumbo's came first and the code of ethics looked a certain way when the ethics officer looked at his complaint or the complaint against him. And down the road, after the council on a vote changed parts of the code of ethics for better or for worse, then you had Mayor Britton's complaint that was treated differently in some respects, or certainly what Councilman Trumbo would argue. So even though Trumbo's complaint of the open meeting discussion about it came well after, his was the first, Britton's was the second. And you can't go back and re-examine things under the current situation Um you had, I mean, the, the the ethics officer had to look at it through the eyes of the current at that time code of ethics. So he's going to get reprimanded. Um, you know, he's already been censured once before, and is not allowed on any committees, um, among other things. So, you know, as the world turns, right, the soap opera in the in the city of Kennewick uh, on the council continues. 
I don't know if there's anything else to say other than that. <laughs> I mean, it's it's well, it's it's nothing. It's nothing new. I, uh, I will say this though: going back and you, and, you, you and, knew you knew that that's what the result was going to be. Yes, you knew that there were going to be four votes one way, three votes the other way. You didn't even really need to have. Well, you had to have the meeting, but you you knew what direction it was going to go. So uh, you know, it was it was it was a bit anticlimactic. Um, I will say this though: a number of the of the council members made reference to this um, that, regardless of how they feel about that particular situation with Councilman Trumbo, a few of them were very eager to move on from from this uh, back and forth because. Look, the city has a lot of issues that they need to address. Absolutely. And it's been divisive to say the least. It has been. So maybe, I don't know, maybe for now they can concentrate on the actual work at hand. You're up on the bottom line, News Radio 610 K1A. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, this is uh, Dan from Kenwick. What's up, Dan? Hey, uh, on this chat thing, um, about three weeks ago, I was watching a program on TV. I believe it was called True Crime. And they were going over a group of serial killers. None of the ones, the big name ones like we know, like Green River and all that stuff. But they were over different time periods dating back to the 60s. And the one common thread they all had, they were all into animal mutilation as younger twisted minds. So I hope they do catch this individual because if they do, they might be able to nab up a future serial killer. That's what I got to say. Thank you. You know, I appreciate the call. And here's the here's the only only drawback on that, Dan, is that the penalties for things like that, for the penalties for mutilating an animal, they aren't much. They're really not. You're in for a year or two. If you're a juvenile, you're in for a year or two. Then it gets sealed. Um, I mean, if you really want to send a message, you you make the penalties harsher, but we we. We don't. We don't look at it as that progression. We just look at it as uh, you cut a cat in half. Uh, you're going to jail for a year. You're up at the bottom line. News Radio 610 K1A. Your name, where are you calling from? Sandy and Kennewick. What's on your mind, Sandy? There is a law that says your animals are not supposed to stray out of your yard. And I have cats and I have dogs and I'm a responsible owner. But I have two neighbors that their cats come over and spray our house our front door, our cars, and you cannot get them to understand what the law is. And that's the nicest thing you guys said, was there is a law, and if you loved your animal, you would keep them in. Animals are your children. You need to have them keep them safe. Appreciate the call. Thanks Thank for you. the call, Sandy. We, and, and the one thing about this that we do not know, we don't know if they are pets or we don't know if they're strays, mm-hmm. because we do know there are a lot of strays matter, out there. In it, my no, mind, no, but, it doesn't matter. Yes, but as far as I, to yes. what to what Sandy was yes. referring to about keeping your your yes. animals inside, we don't know if these have been pets. We don't know if they're strays that are just being found and they're doing this too. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I understand what you're saying, Sandy, yes. and certainly uh, see where you're coming from. But as far as you know, we don't we don't know what what the situation is if they're taking pets or they're just finding strays. I I, I used to work in the humane I used to work in the humane society for a number of years ago for six years. I I held that job and 
part of that job was uh, not just a, you know adopting and you know taking in animals and adopting them out, uh, but also uh, trying to do some education. Um, the way I look at it is, I, I get it. I, I've I've heard it so long. Um, I get that point of view. I don't agree with it, but I get the point of view that you know cats naturally are outdoor animals. That there's no question about that. Cats, you know, if you leave them alone, <laughs> uh, they they can survive on their own outside. Yes. However, if you care about your cats, and this is my view, my personal view, if you care about your cats, whether there's this thing going on now or not, but especially because this thing is going on right now, there are natural predators. There are other dangers, you know, uh, you can, your animal can pick up an illness and bring it inside when you let your cat inside. Uh, not to mention, if your cat's not spay or neutered, then you're contributing to the pet overpopulation issue. Um, I've always kept my, my cats inside and that is to keep them safe uh, and to be responsible. I get it. A lot of people don't have that same viewpoint when it comes to cats. But I'll say it again. Right now, you really, really need to consider keeping your cats indoors at the bare minimum until they catch uh, the person or people responsible for what's been going on. Let's go back to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? This is Linda from Kennewick. Hi, Linda. What's up? Yeah, I'd like to take a different take on this, um, on the cat problem. Um, several years ago, Tucker, uh, Tucker Carlson from Fox, um, before he had his own program, was a guest or a guest host on, on Fox. And there was a, a situation where there was a story about a horrible killing of a dog. Um, he was so passionate that he said, you know, he said, if I had a gun, I'd kill him. And for two months later, we, we never saw a face from Tucker Carlson on, on, on the network. And I, it bothered me then, and it still bothers me now, that we have another problem, and that is freedom of speech. I hear what you're saying, Linda, but, you know... <sighs> There, free and I, I don't want to get into a whole nother realm. We've talked about this before, but freedom of speech does not mean freedom from ramifications. Yes, you can say whatever you wish. Yes, but if you are a, an anchor on a major national network and you say you're going to kill somebody, even even a contributor, even a contributor yeah. doesn't matter. Um, that's that's not a good thing. You can't yell fire in a crowded theater, right? You, I mean, you can. But then you could very well face charges for that, for the hysteria that it causes. Let's go to the phones. You're up on the bottom line. Who's this? Where are you calling from? Yeah, this is Artie here from uh, Kennewick. Uh, I think you guys got on a good topic. Uh, you know, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, feeling for animals until uh, my wife and granddaughter brought home a, uh, a dog from the pound, and that was supposed to be for my grand. Uh, granddaughter and they already had animals so i was talked into it by my wife and by golly he was my best buddy 
for about 16 years. We finally had to put him down. But you know what upsets me, too, are these people who own animals, and they decide they don't want them anymore, so they don't feed them or or they abuse them or they just take them out in the country and just drop them off and just leave them. That that is uh, horrifying, too. I just thought I'd bring that up. Thank you. Agree with Thank you 100%, you. Art. It bugs me. Every time I see one running down the street, I try to get him in the back of my car, find them a home, find him his home, or at least take him to the, to the shelter so they can find the home. Back with more of The Bottom Line after this. Now back to the bottom line on News Radio 610 KONA, presented by Summit Funding in Kennewick and Prosser. It's your voice, your show. Call the LegendsCasino.com hotline, 509 547 1610. Bottom line, News Radio 610 KONA. Final few minutes, right to the phones. You're up at the show. What's your name? Where are you calling from? It's Bernie from Kennewick. What's on your mind, Bernie? Well, I haven't hardly heard anything of your show the last few days. My work has picked up instead of going downhill. Anyway, uh, about the cats. Um, about 50 years ago, uh, we had a neighbor that was looking for cats for, get this, training his hunting dogs. So it might be somebody else doing the same kind of bad thing. Yeah, but training hunting dogs isn't the same as cutting them in half, Bernie. That's that's that is a little bit different. But appreciate the call. Uh, we did hear from Councilman Trumbo while we were on the break, and he asked us to pass along that the censuring that occurred um, to him was last year, the end of last year, not the beginning of this year, and that the recommendation that was sent to the ethics officer was not from the full council. There wasn't a change to the ethics code by the council, but it was a recommendation that was sent to him by a committee uh, that resides in the city that uh, the mayor, Mayor Pro Tem, and another member of council sit on. And that recommendation was sent from that committee to the ethics officer, not voted on by uh, the council itself to change any aspect of the ethics organization, uh, ethics ordinance. So we uh, told Councilman Trumbo we would pass that along and we have done so to correct anything that was maybe slightly off in the presentation. Uh, 547-1610, if you have any final thoughts. And, um, you know, we've had a few calls about the about the cat situation, and hopefully, uh, hopefully Kennewick Police do find very soon this individual. Um, because, again, this is not the type of behavior you just ignore. Uh, when the FBI put his behavioral science unit together uh, in the 1960s, I believe it was, uh, they began to put together profiles of individuals and what led them to commit the acts that they did. And you go back and you look through history and you look at where it begins, and this is where it begins. It does not devolve. It gets worse. So just looking at it going, ah, somebody cut seven cats in half, no big deal. It actually is a pretty big deal when you look at the patterns that follow with something like this. Not just the fact of taking lives, but what it could potentially be down the line. And again, it's not 100%, but if you look at some of the worst killers in this country, Green River Killer and others, you go back... And they did this in their youth. We received a message via our mobile app, which you can download for free, Google and iTunes. What do you do with a neighborhood of feral cats? Call Animal Control. Yeah. Call Animal Control. They'll come out and set traps. That's what they do. 
They will set traps for them. They will catch them. They will take them to the shelter. Uh, and they will hopefully find homes for them. But that is what you do with a neighborhood full of feral cats. You call Animal Control. Tell them how many there are. And they will come out and they will set traps. And they will try and catch those feral cats. As long as they know where they are, they'll be able to act. So call them first. 